The Recalibrated Podcast is presented by Sports Spectrum and the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network. For more stories on sports intersecting with faith, check out sportsspectrum.com. Okay, guys, we're back, and I'm with my friend Amanda Hurst. I am just... It's fun. Before we do any of these podcasts, I get to jump on and just reconnect with the women. Amanda and I were, um, you know, kind of just documenting back how we maybe perhaps knew each other. It was at an increase conference that we met maybe five or so years ago. But over the course of the last five years, I have met many of her peers in and around the world of pro sports that will continually point to her. Um, I didn't say this to you before, Amanda, but I do feel like you operate in the ministry of secrecy, which is a great thing. Like you do things kind of behind the scenes, unnoticed, um, spotlights, not always on you, but you, you honor Jesus in such a way that's consistent and faithful. And I mean, I just love her. I, you're going to hear her beautiful voice and just hear a story, one that I'm eager to learn. And I'm just thankful one, Amanda, for your yes, but just for your pursuit of women in and around the world of pro athletics, because it matters. And, um, you do it in a way that's simple and attractive, but authentic. And you just, I really don't feel like you bend to like any other version of you. You're just like, as God created me, that's what I'm going to walk out in. And it's attractive. Um, so yeah, thanks for being here this morning. It's so special. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. It's such an honor for you to ask me to talk. I um, Yeah, I feel like this is just me trying to be faithful to what the Lord has um, called me to time and time again in our time in the NFL. And um, yeah, I'm just so excited. I'm pumped. It, it's awesome. And I, I mean, I've actually never asked anybody this question, but why did you say yes? Other than you just kind of hinted on it, like being faithful. Why did you say yes to just sharing your story on a podcast? Yeah, so I feel like a theme of my time in the NFL has been um, just feeling like maybe at times, and I know this has been the enemy, feeling like I'm not good enough or I'm not cool enough or I don't have anything to offer. Or I don't have, um, yeah, a big enough story. And um, what I've been challenging myself on and feeling the Holy Spirit calling me to is, no, I do have a story. I do have a voice. I do have a purpose for this time in the league. And um, I just feel like this is an awesome avenue to share the ways that God's been working in my life. Because Lord knows, just NFL alone, I could just sing the Lord's praises for all the ways he's provided and things he's done for us and healing and oh my gosh, our marriage, just all the things. Um, so yeah, I just feel like this is an awesome opportunity to just give God all the glory for the ways he's walked with us through these eight years and hopefully counting. So yeah, I'm so thankful um, to have the opportunity just to literally glorify him, really. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I mean, there's so many questions, even what you just said, I want to unpack slowly, but I think number one, so many of us women, myself included, um, silence our voice just because mm -hmm. we don't present, I don't know, a worthy, whatever we define as a worthy opportunity to speak or to share, or um, it's amazing the power the enemy has in our narrative to just say, not worthy, um, story isn't significant, your worth is not elite, so it shouldn't mm -hmm. be magnified. And I guess I am just curious from a personal level. And again, so many of us women listening struggle with this. I just don't think we've ever identified the enemy's voice. We just slowly drift in that path of um, 
kind of just, I don't know. It's like a path of hiding, which is so sad. Right. Cause God's like, you're like, get on a hill, shine bright for me. And it's not for you. It's for him. So where do you think that maybe inner lie crept in initially? So I would really say just James's first year in the league, um, he was picked up by the Ravens and I was a senior in college and, um, I just, you know, all I really had to reference to the NFL life was social media, some television. Um, yeah. And I just, I think made out NFL life, not only just NFL players, but NFL women to be like the elite of the elite, these just untouchable people that were not normal humans. I mean, that's the only way how to describe it. And I knew that here I am, small town, North Carolina girl, um, one, dating the love of my life, wanting to figure out the way to like support him through this time, but feeling like I do not fit in with what my expectation was for the type of women. So sadly, I spent like his first three years in the league. We got engaged his first year, married our second year. So I spent our year of engagement and our first two years married, basically hiding. And it was all because of the lies of the enemy. Basically, I just would not put myself out there. I didn't really try to meet women. I would go to the Bible study, but not really open up um, all from fear literally all fear. It had nothing to do with the women that I met during that time. It was literally just me being totally beaten down by the lies of the enemy saying that you're not good enough. You're not cool enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not all those things. Um, and then finally, praise the Lord. It was at that first increase conference we went to. And, um, I, I can't even remember the exact message. I don't even know if it was about the message. I just felt the spirit so clearly say, Amanda, God has called you to a big life. You know, he's called you to a big life. Uh, knock, knock, you're in it. You are in the big life and you're wasting your time. And I went back to the room. We were supposed to go to like, I guess, a um, breakout session that afternoon. I told James, I'm like, we've got to go to the room. I've, I've got to tell you all this stuff. And I just was so emotional. Like I have just squandered away these three years hiding from the purpose God wants me to walk in, you know, and I could go on and on about those three years thinking that I should work, but then not working and just trying to find my purpose and all these other avenues to run from my purpose at the time of being an NFL wife. And that is what God has carved out and called me to in this season. And finally, like after that conference, just embracing that is amazing. The friendships I've made, the connections we've been able to make the ministry he and I were able to like have together. It's, it's, it's amazing. So I would say, and I still fight it, right? Like even before getting on this podcast, like just hear, you know, devil angel, like, Amanda, does your story matter? Da, da, da. And I was like, Nope, Lord, like we're going through, um, we're gonna, we're gonna get on this thing and give you praise. So anyway, I hope that kind of answers. Yes. Oh my gosh. No, I mean, one, thank you for sharing that because I think the reality is I get it. Um, I have told many women, I almost didn't like, once I knew my now husband was pursuing the NFL, I almost stopped dating him. Cause I'm like, I'm not like them. I'm like, mm -hmm. I've seen what they look like and I don't fit that mold. And it's amazing. I wasn't even, he had, wasn't even drafted yet. And the pressures you're putting on yourself and it is, it is defeating. And it uh -huh. is for women who feel that pressure right now, hear us clear 
um, be you in the way that God made you and designed you and don't feel the need to tweak or fix or dress or speak or act a certain way. Um, does it come with time and knowing your identity in Christ and gaining that confidence? Of course. I mean, honestly, this is not an overnight fix, but for those of you who are having this identity, not crisis, but just like, just like the pressures of the world and the culture are like weighing way down on you. Perhaps it's time to really go back to who did God design you to be and remembering with confidence that your genetic makeup, your aesthetic look, your voice, your physical appearance has God's fingerprints all over it. And there's no pressure, um, easier said than done to like have to conform because God's looking down probably at his kids and say, why are you changing? Like what It happened? I wanted your voice like that, your body like that, your presentation of me like that. I want it in its own form and package so that it draws in somebody else. Um, was there a woman or, I mean, the conference was the, like the stepping stone to like understanding your purpose. Was there someone in your life, a woman, or maybe even your husband or someone that just kept, cause I feel like it's so cool to hear from God in that setting, but we need a, a tangible reminder to keep understanding that that was of God. And somebody kept speaking that truth over you. Was that, is that a thing? How did that, like, I just think it's encouraging for women to hear how you got there slowly on this path to like confidently walking out as Amanda Hearst, just as you are, as God made you. Yes, for sure. So honestly, the ladies that I made friendships with on the Ravens, um, they're like my sisters. Like they just know me. We've been through so much. Um, and, you know, obviously Lauren and Morgan Cox, they're our best friends. And Lauren's just like an incredible role model. She's a few steps ahead of me, you know, and not just in age, Lauren, I love you, but you know, just in her walk with Christ, um, motherhood, she's just like such a great example. And we don't even talk about faith all the time. It's just literally how she lives and beginning to watch the things that she's gone through in her own life. And that's been really encouraging. And then, um, Toria Moore, um, just, one way that she constantly was like challenging me and my, I guess, self image, you know, of myself, I would always say I was sorry. Like, I, you know, if it was something I thought I said wrong, oh, I'm sorry. Or, um, oh, I can't make this event for a likely, I mean, a solid reason. Oh, I'm sorry. And Toria would always say, Amanda, stop saying you're sorry. Don't apologize for, whatever I was apologizing for. And she says that to me still, but I've gotten a lot better about not saying I'm sorry. Not that you shouldn't always be apologetic, but there, I was just saying, I'm sorry out of lack of confidence or out of, you know, timidness, not, it wasn't a genuine, I'm sorry. So anyway, um, those two ladies, just the whole realm of the team. And even when we first got on um, the Ravens, um, Kirsten Watson was on the team. Um, Tiffany Aiken, um, Jennifer Dumerville, um, Angie Forsett, just like amazing older women that I was just watching their example and silently watching, but watching their every move. And um, they just inspired me to be, to grow in my confidence for sure. Yeah, that's so cool. I um, encourage women, even just the women you just referenced, no two of them are the same. Like, mm-hmm. even if you put them in a lineup, they each highlight a different attribute of Jesus in a way that was necessary for you to see. That's why the body, like being in fellowship is so critical with believers and unbelievers, but especially if you're in a season of learning your identity in Christ, 
it's so cool how God uses the physical beings of one another to say like, this woman demonstrates mercy. This woman demonstrates righteousness. This woman demonstrates, um, kindness. This one holds peace. And you just, you, we, I need, I I'm just, I get it. I love the word, but there are days where I'm like, this is, I need to see it God. And he's like, here, here's a friend that's going to hold this virtue for you. And it's, it's so helpful because we need a physical example. Oftentimes when we're learning, um, I love that. I just think it's a good reminder for women to just, even if you don't feel like it and you feel like you're in a season of hiding, regardless if you're in pro athlete space or not, get plugged in. And even if you sit there in silence for a couple of years, even those years where you sat, I keep thinking when you said you, you showed up, you didn't say anything, but those were years of formation, whether you know it or not, you know? Um, so you're going on year eight. Yes. Crazy trans transition. I feel like potentially is a theme in your life right now. Do you want to unpack that a little bit? What's that look like for you and your husband? For sure. So, um, yeah, he was with the Ravens, um, six years. We thought we were going to finish there for sure. Um, all of our best friends were there. We bought our home there. There was no sign of us leaving. And then in December of 2019, it was before COVID hit, he called me. I was actually in a ladies Bible study and um, he was like, oh, babe, I got this letter in my locker saying I failed a drug test. It, it must be for somebody else. And I was like, oh yeah, definitely must be. I mean, because I don't know if you know, James, but anyone that does, he's like the most straight edge rule following. Like I just, he has the character of just the most innocent person ever. And I love that. Um, I love that about him. He's such a point of stability in my life. But anyway, so it was like, yeah, of course it's the wrong, wrong letter. Um, but then come to find out he really did fail the drug test. And to this day, we have no idea if it was in a protein powder, if it was in something he ate or drank. Um, but because of that, he was released. And then um, when he was released, it was a day before COVID shut down North Carolina completely. We were actually in North Carolina with family. So we kind of got released from our team. And just side note, he and I were the couple's Bible study leaders there at the Ravens. And we felt like ministry was going really well. Um, we had a big group turnout for the increase conference that year. So you're just, and then COVID hits, and you're like, Lord, what are you doing? You know, it, it didn't make sense to me on so many reasons, like on so many levels, like one, why would you have the kindest, most honest man I know go through something that was really calling his character into question, right? Like, I mean, at the end of the day, when that hits the media, James Hurst has a P, was it PED? I don't even know what it, what the drugs are, but fails a drug test. You know, I felt like he was, yeah, his character was being called into question. That was really hard for me to see as his wife. But then second, we felt like we had been nothing but faithful to the Lord calling us into ministry. And it was hard to kind of, you know, balance him playing the busyness of the season and couples Bible say, but somehow through obviously the Lord's help, we um, were able to kind of establish that ministry. And that was awesome. So you're like, okay, God, like, what are you doing here? And then COVID hits. So then you're like, oh my gosh, is his life ever going to be normal again? So anyway, he actually thought about retiring. Um, and we we're like, let's just take a month. Let's 
pray on it, see what the Lord has. And after a month, he just was like, you know, babe, I feel like this is not the end. I, I think, why would he have me go through something that I literally didn't do? We were joking. We were like, we wish we had known he'd drank NyQuil or, you know, something to at least explain what happened, but there was no explanation. So we were like, we want to find God's explanation. And um, just a quick side note, I, I was telling a friend this the other day, the peace and the comfort that God gives, or just my faith in God it, that he gives us in times of trials is huge, but also the purpose that he gives in the trial is just as important. And so now I find myself walking through hard times, looking for him and looking for what are you doing? How can I see you? Does that make the trial any less difficult? Absolutely not. But trying to discover why he has you going through this is just like huge. So anyway, we were like, okay, God, I, we're going to just give this to you. We're going to trust and he's going to give another shot. So his agent put out some feelers. The saints were like immediately interested. Um, he signed with the saints. And this year, even despite COVID was the most amazing season that he and I have had yet. Just like. I started the season saying, I'm not going to be what I was when I first started with the Ravens, scared and timid. So here I am on a Zoom Bible study with the Saints ladies, like girls, like here I am. <laughs> this is why we're here. I have no idea why God put us here, but I'm excited to meet you all and connect with you. And despite COVID, I felt like I was able to connect with a few of the ladies, which was just such a blessing. Um, James was on a team that valued him and supported him and just, um, it was a great season for him just career wise, but then our faith, like I think both in our marriage and individually, just seeing all the small instances of God's divine presence and why he put us there for such an intentional reason and literally just picked us up from Baltimore, put us there, um, was just like so cool. And, um, yeah. So I think the theme of last year was I'm not planning anything ever again. I'm just like, okay, God, if you, if, if you want to move us, move us. So then we um, got back to our house in Baltimore in the off season and we felt him moving us to North Carolina. So we just moved, um, moved in April and we're just loving being here. We're feeling like we're getting connected to a local church and yeah, it has been a theme of transitions for us, but all in a, what seemed so, helpless at the time with the drug test has turned into just like the most fruitful, awesome year walking with the Lord. So that's been really good. Yeah. Um, super encouraging. And I think just thank you for giving insight. I think the drug test thing is demonized and I think it's really, it's heartbreaking for many of these guys, um, how it plays out because you're right that that label failed yeah. drug test that goes out to the masses, even if it's to your peers and your family. And just if people could have a, a posture of empathy on this one and recognize even like what Amanda had to defend in that, what James had to defend the exhaustion and just the truth that had to keep, be, had to be sharing, not to do justice to your husband, but just to speak the reality that this wasn't, it's just, it's such a complex loaded part of professional athletics, but I would just pray for those of you who are in it and are a spectator. Um, you don't know the whole storyline to it. And it doesn't ever define the person that um, passed nor failed. Um, 
the way nutrition is concocted these days, there are some like gray areas you just don't know. And I, it's, it's painful when it takes down a, a person. You're like, that couldn't be further from the truth. However, I love what you said. I mean, I, as we were talking, I'm writing your like one liners down and you said, you know, um, you have this newfound posture of like in the trial, really discovering. And I, and I, it seems like you said it in such a peace-filled way. It's not like fighting God, like just saying, okay, like this is unexpected. Um, where are you? What are you doing? Um, give me your eyes to see in this stretching season. And I think that's powerful. My gosh, I think it is so beautifully powerful. I just, I think we need more of that lens in the thick of a trial, because the reality is if you buy into the negativity and the circumstance, you're digging a hole that's oftentimes too deep to get out of. But if you can put on God's glasses and say, okay, um, not my personal choice for our marriage or our life or his career, but you're doing something, you're in our midst. And, Mm -hmm. um, so just thank you. I think that's so wise. And I, I know that doesn't happen overnight. It comes with time in the word and just understanding his character, but he, he does cliche, like everything he does do is for good. It's just our definition of good. Isn't always aligned with, um, his, you know, but you'll see it in due time. Okay. So this is just for fun. And you can be like, gosh, I didn't even think about this, but if we could fast forward your life 10 years and we got to do this again in 10 years time, where would you be? What would you be doing? Um, how do you see your life unfolding in 10 years? Right. So hopefully we have some little kiddos. Um, we're definitely, we've been, and that's one way you can be praying for us. We've been talking about starting our family here soon. Uh, we got married really young. I was 22 and I just, I didn't feel like it was the time for us personally to have children, but I don't know in the last year, I've just kind of felt that on my heart that I'm, I'm getting ready. It probably has a lot to do with my niece um, being born. She's two now and I just love her so much and I'm ready for her to have some little cousins, but um. Yeah, so hopefully some kiddos. And then um, I'm a child life specialist, um, or that would be my career if if I was an NFL wife, which is um, basically we use play to help um, normalize hospitalization for kids in pediatric hospitals. A little bit about my personal story that kind of ties into my salvation story. I'm a um, cancer survivor. I had um, Hodgkin's lymphoma when I was 12. And yeah, um, I had some really influential child life specialists in my own life. And so I'm really, really passionate about pediatric hospitalizations for all things, not just cancer. Um, so anyway, that's my career. I would love to be doing that. Um, you know, I know with kids that might be tough, but helping in that realm in some capacity and then maybe helping James in the coffee shop, you know, he wants to start a coffee shop. I can't wait for him to just like work as a barista one day. I joke. I'm like, I don't worry about girls with you in the NFL, but those ladies buying a coffee from you, they're just gonna be like, Oh, this is the cutest. Yes. Oh my gosh. Anyway. So that'll be fun. Just, um, I think faith wise though, I just really hope to be entrenched in a church. I think that has been the hardest part of the NFL is getting plugged in to a local church um, in the off season. And then in the season, you're in two different places. Um, And I uh, was raised in the church. My parents are super strong believers and they are really pillars in my church back home. And they totally set the bar for what it means to serve. Um, And I, yeah, I hope, I hope that for James and I, I hope we're just 
yeah, able to go to the same church every Sunday and take our kids and just help in any capacity. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Just some stability with church community. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's imparting a legacy as a family. You know, you look back and you can say we've sowed seeds into a community, into a church, um, being a people group. And it's cool. Gosh, I mean, wouldn't that be the prayer for our kids to say that about us? Like, oh, my mom and dad were pillars of faith. They were consistent. Um, they were available and they served relentlessly. Um, it's hard not to touch on that you're a cancer survivor. You kind of said that really flippantly, um, which is I mean, again, if you, we don't just, when you said it, chills went all the way up my body. I'm like, here I am talking to like a miracle, honestly. I mean, it's just, it's in God's kindness. Does he have you here? Um, small snippet. What was that? Do you, how much, I mean, you were 12. So those are years you could remember. I mean, what did that look like? So talking about just like the secrecy and the enemy and all that good stuff, um, I think that part of my testimony has been, was the first thing that I ran from, from a long time, because you're correct, 12 years old, you're preteen, you're very aware of your body developing and peer pressure and all the things are kind of starting at 12 and then bam, I go for my first, um, I was wanting to play volleyball. You can start to play um, school sports in North Carolina in seventh grade. So I go for my physical and I was like super anemic, which wasn't normal. Some testing, actually a couple months of testing and they found this tumor in my chest. And to hear that you have cancer as a 12 year old, the first thing you think is, well, that means I'm gonna die. I mean, that's the only thing you associate cancer with really as a kid. Um, and I had grown up in the church. I knew who Jesus was, but I would really say my salvation came out of really fearing for my life. Um, and I feel like that sounds really morbid, but I just knew, I knew who Jesus was and I wanted to be in heaven with him if this was going to be the end. And so, anyway, fortunately it was not, I had, um, six months of chemotherapy and two months of radiation. And I've been, um, I was technically labeled cured five years after that. And it's kind of cool. We got married on my 10 year cancer free anniversary, which was super cool, super awesome. Um, but back to the, oh, you're a teenager. I don't want to be different. I don't want to stand out. I really hid from that huge part of my testimony for a long time. And I did not start talking about myself in terms of being a cancer survivor really till end of college. It is still hard for me. I challenge myself now to be very forthcoming with it because it has totally shaped the path of my life, right? So like even when I was in high school, I didn't really like date guys or in college. I didn't really like party hard really because I think I grew up really quickly and I just saw the bigger picture um, really early on, like life is short and I just want to like live for God because he's given me this life to live. And so it has defined who I am, um, in minute ways and major ways. And, um, yeah. So anyway, it has ended up being like the biggest blessing in disguise. I'm so, I'm kind of thankful that God had me go through that. I've been able to connect with so many, um, awesome individuals whose children have gone through the same thing or people that I know that had pediatric cancer. That's been really cool. Um, and then it's a huge part for James and I, in terms of like our philanthropy, um, we're like, um, 
really big into like pediatric cancer, um, charitable stuff. So anyway, yeah. Uh, I just feel like the Lord's faithfulness in not only healing was huge, but also how he just, yeah, I feel like at a young age, going back to me feeling like he called me to this big life. I knew at like 12, right. That God had something big planned for me. So then fast forward to that increase conference where God's like, knock, knock, knock. This is the big thing. This is why, you know, I'm, I put you in this place so you can connect with people and have this platform and all the things. So anyway, I hope that wasn't too long winded. No. Oh my gosh. I just, I mean, it's such a strong label cancer survivor, but it's one that, um, yeah, I'm sure you don't want to wear a badge that has it on a sleeve, but gosh, I mean, if, I mean, as you, you might've seen my facial reaction when you said it, I was like, what? And I think it's, well, I just love again, the intentionality of you, like it's purposeful because look at how it defined where you wanted to go professionally, um, which I can't even fathom. I feel like those specialists must be life-giving to not only the child, but to the family in those times. And I just think, um, even to watch your husband come alongside and say, I didn't know you then. I don't believe he didn't know you. He didn't know you then, but he's like, right. And he's just like, this is my ministry too. We're going to pursue pediatric cancer together because we're equally yoked and we're a household that, um, is on mission for something that impacted your life. So I just, it shows, it highlights your a great marriage. It highlights your heart for so many. And it just, again, not to just women again, listening and men, perhaps like just recognize the power of the enemy though. Can you imagine if he silenced you for all those years? And, um, it just, it would be heartbreaking because your, your voice and your story is one of crazy big impact to like your point five years ago or whatever, but it's, oh, it just, it's, it's gut-wrenching to think the enemy could have taken you down. And I'm so thankful, um, that you just, remembered who God was and you had your moment that just really like launched you into this path of leadership and just movement and, um, kingdomness. Um, okay. Final question. Um, yeah, I mean, for women listening that are just, let's just stay in that kind of theme, like that do feel like they're in hiding and, Yeah. I mean, that could funnel into so many different, like just negative emotions and connotations and hiding can look different for all of us. Um, hiding could be like portraying something on social media and then you're totally different um, behind your closed doors. Hiding could be, um, out in the public eye with your kids or no kids. And you're just cheery and joy filled and a spirit filled women. And then again, going back to hind closers, you're like miserable and struggling and just tired and exhausted. And it's just, there's a disconnect and, and we're just physically hiding and not even engaging in outdoors with people in fellowship. There's so many ways we could define it, but just on the theme of hiding, how would you encourage a woman to just slowly step out of that space? Yes. Um, well, first, I would just seek um, what the word says about you. And that is that you are enough, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, and that God has called you for his purposes. And I think that's the biggest key right there is his purposes, not our purposes. And when we feel like a lot of times when I'd feel like I wasn't living up to my, you know, purposes or standards or whatever. Well, that's the whole point, right? Um, When we're living for what God wants of us and and we're living 
how he wants us to live and we're seeking what he wants for us. Um, it totally takes the pressure off to be just this perfect, um, perfect person. I don't know how else to describe it when you're getting your satisfaction and your comfort from Jesus and Jesus alone, it breaks the chains of so much, um, self-deprecation, I feel like. And um, that applies for anything in, in my marriage. Um, if I'm looking to James for all my fulfillment, well, he's going to fail me. As wonderful as he is, he's not designed to um, fill my heart to the depths of love that it needs to be filled. That's what Jesus is for. And um, yeah, so first, just like looking to God in terms of what his purposes are for you and who he says you are, I think, offers freedom, but then to just connecting with um, and putting yourself out there and connecting with women that are like-minded. I think, um, I think one of the biggest challenges are, it, one of the biggest challenges is wanting um, to be fully known without taking that leap of faith and putting yourself out there, right? It's like, we can wait for people to come to us, right? And, and there are some people that are going to just spot the person sitting in the corner alone and go there. But most of the time, community and connection happens when it's two people kind of meeting in the middle, right? And so um, the way you put yourself out there is just being fully vulnerable, fully yourself, all the good, the bad, the ugly, and finding a like-minded person, a Christian woman that can come alongside you and just encourage you through all those things, um, help you grow, just be your friend, really just be your friend for who you are. Um, yeah, I think both of those things were huge to me or huge for me in coming out of my hiding, just getting one understanding a right image of myself in terms of God, and then connecting with women that are trying to walk a similar path and wanted to encourage me to become all who God has me to be. I think both of those things like worked hand in hand for sure. Yeah. Um, well said and very simple. I mean, it's from Amanda who's lived it. I mean, I think we can all attest to like, we've had our seasons of hiding, but you, the, the reality is you have to fight and you have to like, you have to open your Bible and just read the word and you have to learn. I love what you said. It's so powerful. Like what is his, his, um, yeah, his calling on your life. Not what's your calling on your life because the two, usually they'll be common threads, but they won't be aligned. And if you're going on your own strength and your own vision for self, you're going to feel like you're striving and defeated and you're missing it. But if you understand, and sometimes it takes, that's why the, the second part, the body, it sometimes it takes that body of believers to highlight God's calling for your life and your purpose, yeah. because we're just introspectively, we're kind of bad at assessing a little bit sometimes. And it's helpful when you're with women that can edify you and say, no, Amanda, like that is a, very much so like your purpose, your affiliation for the kingdom. And it's just, we need going back. We said it before the voices of others to be God's voice for us. Um, because sometimes the enemy is when you're in a, a place of like shame and just like worry and fear, um, you can't hear him, them, him being God. So it's, it's critical to be with sisters that can like speak into your life, affirm you and just elevate you. Um, gosh, you are rich in wisdom. My friend, I have, I was typing the whole time. I'm like, I could type down every single thing she said, but it's just, I thank you again for just living a life. That's, um, 
So honorable. It's really, it's a, you live such a sincere life and it's knowing more of your story today than I did before. I just, it just highlights the majesty of God in your life. And it's, it shows that you're, um, yeah, no moments are wasted. You know, there is intention, not with everything, but almost, it feels like that you just, you really do live with on mission because you've, you've been in, enticed with this thing that potentially no two days are guaranteed because you've lived a circumstance that just really affirm that. So I just, I love your heart. Your story is awesome. It's big and just keep running hard after your big story because it's, um, God needs you for sure. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the recalibrated podcast with Mallory Brown. This podcast is part of the sports spectrum podcast network for more stories, intersecting sports and faith, Check out sportsspectrum.com.